This is the Life and Soul podcast with me, Emma Forbes. 2020 really was an eventful year. And amidst the madness, we've all had time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. And although we're still surrounded by uncertainty, it's important to be reminded of what really matters. I'm going to be asking some fabulous guests what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. So join me for some nuggets of wisdom, a moment to breathe, and above all, a good old chat over a virtual cup of tea. And I hope that by listening, you'll leave feeling a little brighter about the year ahead. Today, I'm joined by one of my very oldest friends. Literally, I was working out today. I think we first met 29 years ago, which just makes me feel like I should be 80, but I feel 80, so that's fine. He is an actor, singer, presenter, author, comic book writer, entertainer with a capital E. He's one of my very best friends, even though we don't always see each other, John Barrowman. Hello. Hello, my love. And he's and he's also put on 15 pounds that he's getting rid of. Have you got the COVID-15? I feel like I've got the COVID-10. I think I've got COVID-10, but I, the, the one thing that I've started doing is I've started uh, cycling. I, bought, I got a bike while I'm here in, I'm here in Cardiff uh, in Wales at the moment because I'm over in the UK filming. So I have got, uh, I bought a bike. Um, I bought the helmet. I, I didn't buy the Lycra because I didn't want things to... Why? Well, because I didn't want things to reach the destination before I did on the bike, if that makes sense. Um. <laughs> I would have you down for, and I can see you in this and kind of enjoying it, is the Lycra with the padded bum bit. You know, no, with I, the extra, you don't No, want I don't that? need the pad. I've got a pad, I bought a nice comfortable seat, but um, nine miles to, I'm up nine, between nine and 20 miles a day I'm doing. And, oh you know. Oh my God. No, it's really fun. It's really good. I've I've actually... I actually quite enjoy it. I mean, it's it's like, and I don't put music on. I listen to everything around me because it's nice to hear. I know this is going to sound strange. It's nice to hear traffic. It's nice to hear oh. birds. It's nice to hear yes. people. Trust me. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, just before we pressed record, we were talking about lockdown. I mean, you're in Cardiff. Even the two-hour commute, which is what you told me it is to get to the Dancing on Ice Studios, yeah. is exciting. I, I understand that. Yeah, I mean, you, who would have thought that driving down, for those of you who are listening in you know, other places around the world, the M4 is like driving down one of the major freeways across country in the UK. And who would have thought driving down the M4 would, I would have, I would have enjoyed doing it. <laughs> you know, we always try to, I, I would have, I would have, in the old days, I would have like tried to avoid even like get a helicopter or something just to avoid the travel. <laughs> I was like, you're in Cardiff, then you're like, yeah, but I've got an exciting commute. And I'm, I'm jealous. I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous. I have not moved for a year. I've just said to you, I am so bored of my own company. I love doing this podcast in a tiny little room because I actually physically get to see somebody also see somebody without a mask, yes. which is also a joy. Like I can see your full, beautiful face, which as you know, I love your, I love everything about you. Oh my God. No, it needs a little. It needs no, a little. you need nothing. You know, in my eyes, your perfection. 29 years of trying to convert you to love me has not worked. I love you, but in different ways. I know, but I don't want you to love me like that. I want you to really love me. I want you to come and take me away to Cardiff and, and we'd be posting on Instagram romantic little pictures on a bicycle for two. The, the one thing, yeah, the one thing that we do have good about Cardiff, there's not, you know, we do have an Ivy. Okay. So we're all right. We can eat. Well, that is it open though? No. Okay. So 
No, so we're done. And it's not, it's going to be you cooking and me cooking. Okay. Yeah, I've seen your cooking. John, this you, is a whole new thing. I know, but my cooking is not as good as yours. You're you're like a proper cook and you, you know, and funny enough, you did MasterChef, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But John, I came second. Like, it's just as... Nothing wrong with second. And that, well, you know, my kids say some really awful line, which is like second is... I mean, basically, second's no good because nobody remembers you coming second. Well, they asked me to do it this last year. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I didn't want to do it because my type of cooking is kind of, and I mean this in a great, all due respect, because I grew up in the Midwest. But mine is kind of like Midwestern, kind of. I call it like that. what? No, but it's like down home. I, I was going to say trailer trash cooking, but it just is. No, I mean, but you know. I, I got through the semifinals. You know why? They've never had somebody who asked for baked beans as an ingredient. I made shepherd's pie and I put baked beans in it. Beans in it. Yeah. And John and Greg were like, we've never had somebody ask for that as an ingredient. And and I, I mean, I didn't win because Nadia Suala won because she was making things with pistachios and rose petals and she did very creative cooking. So ultimately, our style of cooking isn't going to win, but it sure is fun and high pressure to do. Well, yeah. And like the last thing I cooked was um, I did a cheese pie. I had a steamy pie. <laughs> my cheese pie was uh it was you know a, a, a short pastry that you can buy in the store yeah. i unrolled it i um then cooked i did some garlic and i did some onions and i did some potatoes really chopped quite finely with carrots put it in a great big pan sauteed it put some worcestershire sauce in seasoned it then i put it in the pie cheese on the bottom the the filling i just did cheese on the top pie crust on top and it wasn't looking great, but it came up and it was delicious. Oh my God. A, delicious. B, lockdown food is like my kind of dream. It's the carb yeah. fill. It's just, no, no. I mean, I'm all about that. I think you should, A, I think you should do it. And I've watched your cooking. You did a very good like chicken pot roast thing the other day. I was very impressed with that. Yes. And that was store, that was store-bought chicken for, you know, yeah. but yeah. all of this stuff can be done in a vegan way. You can either you know, replace the chicken with a tofu. If you don't like tofu, I think it's satan. I was going to chat to you about, as well, lockdown in general, because you and I did speak, you know, on and off, we kept in touch. But I know that you struggled, like, like I did, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think it's phenomenally hard, but I really felt for you, because when I say entertainer with a capital E, you are that person, you don't stop working, you're a phenomenally amazing son to your parents. Like you, 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 you're there for them, you're there for everybody, but you fly everywhere. And to have a full stop put on that. It was hard. I, I um, like you said, in the last, since you've known me, 29 years, but over even before that, 34 years, something, I haven't stopped working. I've always kept my, and I kind of quote Joan Rivers on this, I've always kept my calendar full because I don't like to see empty spaces in the calendar. Yeah. Yes, I usually travel everywhere, but I always make time that I, whether it's myself or someone who, as you know, if you're that busy, you have someone who you work with to help you get things yeah. done. I would always be there for somebody. But then when it stopped, the first couple of months, two months were great. And you know this because I was always, I was, you know, we were chatting back and forth. We were, yeah. we were a little frightened. We were a little worried, but we were calming each other down a little bit. We started building Legos, as did you guys. Um, yeah, you cost me a fortune, by the way, because we were onto we were onto big Lego. We weren't okay. talking little Lego. We're talking oh, no. big Lego. Yeah, yeah. This they cost me a fortune too. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, Lego I, should be very happy with you and I, to be honest, because we've kept them in business. For, yes. I just want them to shout out to Lego. Two people, big customers. I've got one over here in Cardiff that I'm gonna 
build some types of one of the one of the street scenes. Anyway, I digress. So there came a point where I'd done enough kitchen cupboard reorganizing, enough pantry reorganizing. I'd done the garages. I'd done the storage units. I had done the bedroom closets. I had vacuumed as many times as I could vacuum. And it just, I eventually, I started noticing, Emma, that I was becoming cranky and snippy and also um, aggressive. And those are signs either of the beginning. For me, it's a sign of, of like, not, I wouldn't say depression, but signs of it's just getting too much. And I'd never had that before. So I called my, I told Scott, um, I didn't tell my parents because they would worry. I didn't tell my yeah. sister. I didn't tell any of the family members because they all looked to me as to be the, the strong one. And also I didn't want my fan base to know because I was getting people contacting me on the internet saying, I, can you help, can you help me turn? I feel I need a pep talk. I need this. And I was doing it. But what it started to do to me is it took every piece of kind of emotion from me and every piece of my own positive vibe. And I was like, it's gone. What am I going to do? So I called my doctor. I said, I just need to go see somebody to sit and talk, to basically vomit everything at them. And I don't want advice. If I do, I'll ask for it. But I just want to be able to do that to know that yeah. I'm okay because I can't do it to Scott. Scott can't be my husband, my lover, my friend, and my therapist, right? Because he yeah. was he was like, oh, talk to me. And I'm like, no, because we'll end up having an argument. And I yeah. don't want that because it's hard enough right now. So I did. I went to see somebody and I was up until coming over for Dancing on Ice, I was seeing that person every week. Yeah. It helped. No, I, I mean, I've done the same. I literally had to do the same and for the very same reasons. I mean, you know, Graham, I mean, I was like, snippy is such a good word. That's a word we use in our family. And it's such a good word for it because snippy is exactly how I just was like, because I was angry about it. I was like, you know, I liked life. I'm like you. I loved being busy. I loved traveling and all those things we took for granted. And I was also, I don't know about you, but I was listening to everybody else. I was listening about every aspect. I was listening to people that were going, it's, it's the universe telling us that, you know, the moon is in, is in, is in no. retrograde and we need to learn a lesson. And I'm like, okay, I'll embrace that. And like visualize love. I'm like, I'm visualizing, I'm visualizing white lights. I'm doing, and then something else would happen. And I'd be like, Oh my God. And then, as you know, my sister got diagnosed with cancer yes. and I was like, I can't get home. It's the first time ever. It sounds so spoiled and I don't mean it like that, but I no, was like, I, I, I am physically not able to do something. And for me, it was like, I was angry. I was like, oh my God, get on top of this. Like, get rid of this, like do something. We've got men on the moon. We, we treat AIDS. Like we've got to be able to get rid of this virus and we can't do it. And now like you, I talk to somebody who is ever sweet and does that thing where I can just vomit it all out and have it. And, and it's helped hugely because you yeah. just have to have somebody, I think outside your own circle. Yeah. It's not fair for you to burden that on those other people. The yeah. one thing I, and I know we do this a lot because you're doing it now and I also do it. We apologize sometimes for feeling uh, uh, for the situation that we're in because our situation might be a little yeah. different than everybody else's. But the thing I, rem I, I remind people and I try to say to them, look, we're all in this together. We're in it at different levels. Yeah. Some may be struggling more. Some may be in a better situation, but we still have struggles. They're still there. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're living in a one bedroom flat 
in uh, a small, you know, uh, in the city, in, in, in a basement flat, or living in a grand house out in the countryside. We've all got the problems. We're in the yeah. same boat. So we try to help each other in that way, yeah. right? Well, I think so. And I think where you were brilliant, I've always thought you're brilliant on Instagram and any social media. And, and, and what I've always loved, one of the many things I've always loved about you is you are completely on screen as you are off screen. And on Instagram, you have been nothing but genuine this whole journey. And for me, what also made me snippy is an understatement, is people that were like, not authentic. I literally thought I was going to, and people kept saying to me, unfollow them. But I had this really unnatural anger and desire to keep following people and keep allowing it to piss me off. And I thought if I saw one more couple in lockdown running each other, rose petal baths and kind of another snuggy night in, I'd look at Graham and kind of go, are you, are you kidding me? Like, are we really, I'm, I'm not that person. I can, like, we're not built to be together running rose petal baths and like doing this stuff. And so I would always, I looked to you because you'd make me laugh. You'd do funny videos or well, the tell is, it like it is. Yeah, like so what, there was one, I think there was one time Scott and I were, it was like three days or something on a trot. And I looked at him and I said, are you going to shower? <laughs> and he said, are you? I said, no, we have a pool. Let's just jump in the pool. And he's like, that's gross. I'm like, but who cares? Emma, I'm in a t-shirt right now and I'm in, sweatpants short. Oh, welcome to my world. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day and she said, I put on my clothes the other day and I thought maybe I've put on a load of weight and I didn't think I had and this, that, and then I realized that actually what I hate is clothes that fit me. Like, I just love a loose waistband. I mean, Lily, my daughter at one point, who's super stylish, said to me, you know, mom, you've got, I think what we need to start is something called your COVID closet. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, the mistakes that you're buying online along the way. I was buying like... That silky kind of elastic waist. Uh, The stuff that I used to really kind of be very like abhorrent of other people having. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, actually, you know, no, this person, like you can't dress like that. And I was going, you know what? That kind of purple silky fabric with the elasticated waist looks good. I've bought off shopping channels. I was watching stuff going, this is great. And I get it in four colors. And Lily was like, mom, you really need to put your shit together. And I honestly, it's like, it, it's really, I mean, but on the one hand, it's been, I mean, there has been some good of it. I, yeah. I feel like there has been good of it. You know, I've thought about, you know, I probably wouldn't have set up a podcast on my own. I've always worked for other people and I probably wouldn't have done those things. So yep. there is a kind of an upside and I won't ever take anything for like travel yeah. for granted again. Yeah. When I got on the plane to come over to the UK, yeah. I went to the, you know, it was my first flight literally in a year. And I went to uh, the airport check-in. Everything was normal. The airport was empty. LAX was empty. Uh, I obviously had my mask on. I had a shield on. And I got on the plane. And I kid you not. And it was, uh, for those of you who are airplane buffs, which I am, Emma hates them. She doesn't like to fly. I like, it, it was an A350. So it probably seats about 400 people, three, 400 yeah. people, right? Maybe, maybe a little less. Um, however... I got on and there was, I was one of 30 on the plane and I, I literally was like, this is, and it was one flight a day. There used to be like eight, nine flights a day to London that you could choose from. And there's one. Well, cause that's the thing. I had a lot of people 
on Instagram kind of contacted me going, oh, I can't believe you live in America and you know, your family are in England. And I said, because I know it sounds awful, but part of the thing that was okay about being in America, like you, was that there were 28 flights a day. I could go at any hour. I could get somewhere yep. so easily. And I'm, as you know, not one of nature's natural flyers like you that loves it. And I'm quite nervous now to get on a plane again, more because I haven't done it for so long. I'm like, what, it will it feel scary? Is it scary getting on in a mask or is it like, yeah, it, it, listen, I'll tell you one thing. It's, it's uh, the one thing to think about. I did think that and I got on and I'm like, I haven't flown in a long time. I wonder if they've had their training. I wonder if they've kept up on this. I wonder if they've done this. Yes. And then I thought, you know what? Just let it go. And I sat there because the plane was empty. So, and it literally, it went, it didn't even, it didn't hardly move. It went, we were up. And, I'm, and normally that would have panicked me, but I was like, this is great. I have a huge private jet here. This is my own plane. Well, I have to say, so my son, Sam, who's, you know, is it, well, I say USC, but he's not really, he hasn't been at university, he's been online, but he's come backwards and forwards a bit between coast to coast. Yeah. And every time he used to come pre-COVID, there was always a delay, always. He'd ring me from the airport and go, oh, mom, it's so annoying. Like JetBlue is like, another, you know, it was always a delay, always. And he said to me, it is literally like being on a private jet. He goes, I arrive, I walk on, I tell him to take on wheelie luggage. I give him a billion masks. I give him gloves. I mean, poor kid, he probably does none of it, but I've got like sanitizer up his nose. And he said, you literally walk on, sit down, it takes off and it lands. Yeah, I, I have to fly, uh, well, I don't know yet, but I may have to fly. Uh, when I go back after Dancing on Ice, I have to fly from LA to Atlanta uh, for something. And it'll be for a week, but I haven't flown internally in the US since it all went haywire. Oh no, it's amazing. Apparently it's just like, literally. I mean, he just said to me, he said, I'm so used to this now. He said, it's like, literally like you've got a plane to yourself. He said, you literally just get on. Like, hi, I'm back. Like I'm going backwards and forwards. I'm hoping to go to LA to see him for his birthday in March. That's my kind of plan. So I've got to build up to that and get myself like a hazmat suit. I mean, I was always that person, as you know. I mean, sitting next to me on a plane, I was ahead of the time. I was cleaning those planes and putting lavender oil and stuff yep. like that way before anybody else. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll be doing it again. <laughs> I have my Dettol wipes. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing that. I've been doing the, the cooking, the Lego. I've left that to the boys. That hasn't thrilled me as, as much as it thrilled you. But I think it has, it's really made me reminisce as well on, and I don't know if this happened to you, but it's really kind of made me reminisce on like my good friends, the people I care about having in my life. Yeah. And, and it's made me much bolder, if you like, to do the kind of, the not the culling sounds awful, but like really kind of go, if I'm gonna spend time with somebody, if I ever see another living soul, is this somebody that I, you know, really want to be with? Because it has divided people in their opinions yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's been so extreme. Like I've had a few conversations with friends where I'm like, I really respect your opinion. But like, if we're gonna have a friendship, we either have to agree to disagree, but you've got to stop berating me for wearing a mask if you don't want to wear a mask. But like, we can't have that as our, it's almost become like politics, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I am, um, the one thing that I, and it's not, it wasn't about mask wearing or anything like that, but at the very beginning for the first three months, and that's also why I was on, you know, I was speaking to you and we were texting and all that kind of stuff. But I, this is going to sound so sad, but I don't mean it this way. 
I realize that there's probably only so many people I can count on my hands that I could text or call or speak to yeah. because others were just not not interested. And I yeah. actually was like devastated because I thought some of the people who I thought were my really kind of go-to close friends in that sense weren't. No, it's exactly left, the same with me. They left us in the lurch. Uh, no, it's exactly the same with me. You and I are the type of people, and I, I'm the same. I reach out to people. I want to comfort them. I want to them, you know, and, and in a way, when we do that, we get the comfort back that we need. It's the, it's a solace that, that happens. However, when you reach out to someone and there's the that kind of rejection there. Oh, it's huge because you and I are those people. And so when you don't get it back in a situation like this, in real life it didn't matter so much because I think oh it's kind of okay and then you're busy so you moved on but it really mattered to me a lot Dan and I and I will never forget you were the first person that reached out to me when my dad died you're the first text I got about my sister and it doesn't matter when you and I don't see each other because then when we do and that to me I've been much more aware of what I would call real friendship right but and the fact that I didn't have that I say it's like and I don't mean this in a derogatory way I mean it in a good way we're like gypsies we, we go off and we do things. However, when we come back together, there is a bond, there is a clan. Yeah. We might not speak to each other for another six weeks, but if this is yeah. all over and you and I were in LA and we'd go out to dinner, we'd all have a blast. We would. Right? Oh my God. And I mean, we, I was thinking the other day, I was looking at that terrible joke you played on me. Do you remember? With, with the, baby. the baby in the fridge. You saw uh, the baby. No, because it terrified me, that baby. But also, then Lily and I were talking about that time we'd gone out for dinner and we had such a fun evening and then you hid in my driveway and Lily screamed because you, I mean, the practical jokes. I mean, I miss- but What about also, I come out of your driveway the first time ever. I had a tow hitch on the back because we because we have a boat. And I came out of the driveway and I went, and the, the, the steep angle I can't, I would normally adjust, but I came right out straight and the tow hitch dug into the driveway. <laughs> Graham came out and went, well- You've just wrecked my driveway. You just finished the whole house and I've wrecked it. And I'm like, I'll pay for it. He's like, don't worry about it. I gouged out your driveway. Yeah. What about the other time I was driving down the hill and I said, I'm just checking on your house. I sent you a picture and you sent me back. You went, that's not our house. I know, I, you sent me that in lockdown. I thought John's really lost it. You said, I just want you to know, I've just checked on your house and it's great. There's a picture. And I said, that's a beautiful house. I'm glad it's okay. It's just not mine. <laughs> I took a picture of the wrong house. <laughs> oh my God. That's how mad we've become. I mean, I, I mean, I've had a lot of that. And then, and now, I mean, I'm now in snowmageddon in, in, I'm now like taking. Are things. you still getting snow? Oh, still getting snow. I mean, I can barely get out of my driveway. It's epic here. The one thing I've learned about being on the East coast is that unlike England, where when it's winter, it's that consistent gray and rain. It's like super dramatic here. So here it's like crystal blue skies and minus 10, which I'm kind of okay with. Then you get a weather report where they are so accurate. It's down to the minute. Yeah. And it comes in and it's like full on. I call it the weather drama channel. I love watching weather channels. Yeah. Well, They're so dramatic. We've also reached that age. I know. Here last week, how can they get it so wrong? They said, oh, it's going to be... A cloudy day, you know, it's gray, it's gray outside. I mean, you can see from the balcony, it's gray and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And they, you, I start driving to Dancing on Ice and we, I'm in the middle of a blizzard. It came from nowhere. How can you not see a blizzard coming? Yeah. Oh, I have to tell you though, with Dancing on Ice, you are, 
judging somebody I used to have such a crush on. Who? Jason Donovan. When I first started working with Philip, my very first live cookery moment, I hadn't even met Philip. Jason Donovan was the guest on Going Live. And he was in, he was like the big hot property. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, not only am I kind of doing the first live television, because I'd kind of bullshitted my way into that. So I was like freaking out, pretending I knew what I was doing and I was doing cookery. I couldn't have made it worse for myself. And I was working with Philip, who was like the really hot property in that. And then Jason Donovan was on and he sidled over to where I was in the kitchen. And I thought, keep it cool, girl, keep it cool. And as you know, I'm a terrible blusher. So I'm fairly freaking obvious. I was like 4,000 degrees hot and I look like a beetroot. And he just went, I like your bread and walked off because I was making <laughs> And I went, thank you. And I like your bread. I mean, it was as close as I got to a compliment. That's how tragic I was. I used to hang on to that. But yeah, I like, I, I've got Jason down to win. Well, I don't, I, I don't know. It's up to the audience. However, he needs to do something that is more challenging next week because yeah. I just felt that him doing uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert last week, that's like me going back and doing uh, a skating number as the character from Anything Goes. It's easy, yeah. I can do it, yeah. right? I would, you know, put me in an alphabet outfit, do something different. But Jason, he just did what he what he knew. He needs to challenge himself next week. Because I said to him the other day, I said, Jason, who would have thought that when we look back, when we were in our 20s and, you know, mid-20s, late 20s, and we were starting to try to get our success, who would have thought we would be this age? And, and you know, I, I, we're, we're the same age our parents were when they were at the peak of their success. Does that, do you know what I mean? It's such a weird time. And I look back and it's like when I was like thinking to myself, I was thinking, oh, I'm interviewing John. I was thinking, you know, when was it we were doing going like, and to me, it seems like, honestly, and I know that is the sign of old age. It seems like yesterday. And I'm like, oh my God, it was actually, cause Lily is 24. So sure. it was 30 years, years ago. ago. Yep. And I still, I can go back to that rehearsal room in Acton with Chris Bellinger, who said to me, Emma, I'm bringing in, we need a third person. I'm bringing somebody in who we think will be a really big heartthrob for the girls. I'm like, cool. And you walked in and I was just like, oh, I was married. Let's not forget Graham at any point in this. And I just looked at you and I just thought, I, I, I love him. I love him. And I get to work with him. And then what's and really funny is we, when, I, when I met Graham, <laughs> I then had a crush on Graham because I thought, I'm like, Emma, he's so hot. And also he likes cars. And I like cars and you're, and, and you were like, yeah, well he lived with, he, when he was in New York and he wor was working here before we met, he was living with two gay guys. I'm like, oh, so he's, he's, he's an ally and friendly. <laughs> it's the perfect match. I also loved Scott. So it was like, we could have all lived together. We could have lived together in lockdown very happily because we could have done a lot of cooking and a lot of Lego. Yeah, and, and you is, and I would have been the snippy ones, right? Yeah. It would have been all hellfire but fun. Yeah. And yeah. Scott and Graham would have quietly and placidly in the background, like with a cocktail, talking about architecture, building, hundred percent. And you would, and I would have gone to you. Let's go. Come yes. on, <laughs> we're going into the other room, and we are going to watch television. Yes, I know. It, it would have actually. In retrospect, I wish I could have bubbled sooner. That would have been quite a good little bubble. If I was going to bubble with somebody, it would be yeah, quite we good. Actually, we did that. We bubbled two friends of ours who lost their jobs. And one was stuck on a cruise ship. And his yeah. boyfriend worked for uh, a lot of the companies that we worked for with the conventions doing photography. They lost their jobs, made redundant. They, we said to them, look, 
now's the time to do it if you're ever going to move because they they were their lease was up or their rent you know rental and everything so we said come out to california we turned the front two bedrooms into a little apartment we had them come and live with us and so they've been staying with us since lockdown started clayton and james and if ever people see them in our videos in the background and while we're away they're looking after not only my mom and dad but they're looking after the house and, and the um and the dogs and they brought their dogs they have a great dane and a boxer so we have five dogs in the house and lucky again we've got the space but it just it to be honest with you to have other people in the bubble emma yeah know. you know we're joking it's not actually a bad thing well it's too late for me now john i've been in my own bubble for a year now i can send you people <laughs> Send me somebody because I'm now selfishly just like watching your, but I'm just living vicariously through other people. That's basically what I'm doing. I think it's been, I long for it just to end now. I'm not going to lie. I just feel like I want to date. I want somebody to kind of go, it's March the 2nd, whatever it is. I want it ideally to be sooner, Let's but I mean, I, I just want to date. I just want. <sighs> I don't think we're going to have a date. I mean, I'm going to. No. Honest, I think we're gonna. This is something that, and having been through one pandemic, which they ended up calling an epidemic, not to frighten people, because what is it, thirty-seven point four, around thirty-seven point four to thirty-seven point five million people have yeah. died from HIV. Yeah, uh, and it's a it's a pandemic that happened that was only that was ignored. It was also yeah. said it was only happened to the gay community, so yeah. people weren't getting involved with it. And having seen that. What we're going to have to do, I think, with COVID is learn how to maintain it. Yeah. Learn how to adapt and keep things going. So, therefore, get your vaccines, okay? Yeah. I don't care how who you support politically. Wear your mask. Get your vaccines because then you will be able to go back to your businesses. You will be able to go back and do things. Let's everybody get together. And that's the one thing. I have to say this, Emma. The one thing I feel very... I feel different about being over here. There's more of a, a camaraderie about that over here than there yeah. is in the US. It's very politicized. Over here, everyone wants to save save businesses, save the, you know, um, the NHS, and everybody, I go out, everybody's masked. I know, I have to say here, it's very politicized, and I'm an English person living here, so I can kind of say that, and it's not, it's not as unified as that. I'm desperate to get the vaccine and it's going to be, it's very difficult out here how people get, I mean, I know elderly people that I, I'm taking care of an elderly gentleman that I cook for and take care of out here. I can't get him the vaccine and he's 87. Like I'm trying to get him it, you know, it's it's difficult here. And I agree with you. And actually during this, during this podcasting, I, I interviewed David Furnish on World AIDS Day. Mm. And, and it was a real eye-opener for me because I did know about AIDS, but it was a real reminder that that was a pandemic. That was a, a similar thing. And over 30 million people dying is, and they were dying like fast and rapidly. And yeah. that we have come through that. I mean, he was a kind of good reminder that now you can live with HIV, you can treat it. And, it, and, maybe, and you're right, maybe that's the, that's the COVID lesson is that we all just have to live with it. Yes, but we have to make but we have to make sacrifices and we have to yeah. we have to change our behavior in order to control it. And that's yeah. what we had to do in the gay community. We had to change our behavior in order to yeah. control it. And we have yeah. to keep reminding people of that. Anyway, that, No, we do. And and of your parents, by the way, they've had the vaccine because I've seen the videos. Thank yes. goodness. They've had and, and my mother's had the first. Good, good. She's and had the first of 
two and Graham's has two, but they both had different ones, didn't really matter, but they both had the first one of two. And my sister got it as a vulnerable, but I didn't think you could have it during chemo. You can. And she was given it. And I was so grateful for that. And part of the reason I want it is because I want to be able to visit her safely. I want to be able to go home and hug my mom and dad who I haven't hugged yeah. for a year. The one thing that, and you're saying that and just reminding people that uh, the reason that someone with an illness like, you know, a disease like cancer or yeah. something like that can get it is because you're not injecting the person with the disease. So you're not, right. you're not compromising their immune system that is already a little compromised. What they're doing is they're injecting the proteins of the virus in order to teach your body and your DNA how to react to it. So for those who are saying we're going to grow wings, we're going to change our DNA, no. we're going to get injected by the, you're not. Just no. shut up and stop spreading bull. Well, that's what I feel because I'm like, God knows if they're going to give it to a cancer patient, you know, it's it's got to be okay. And she's fine. You know, yeah. it's like and compared they, to what she's having done, it's a yeah. drop in the ocean and it makes her safer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with all the testing going on, it's important to get tested. And I say this yeah. as a gay man who's been tested all the time, you yeah. know, growing up and for years. And it's a scary thing maybe when you go, but it's, it's your civic duty and responsibility to protect other human yeah. beings and not be selfish. Anyway, we digress. I totally agree. And I, well, I can't keep you longer. I mean, I'd like to keep you forever. I'd like you to be in my bubble. Thank God I can watch you on telly, but thank God we can do this occasionally and text each other. I mean, I literally have no plans. I love the fact people are going, Emma, you know, like I was asked to go on somebody else's podcast the other day. They're like, can you fit it in? I'm like, fit it in. Have you seen my brand new Smytheson diary with the empty pages? I mean, fit it in would be like an understatement. I mean, I'm like, sure. What time do you want to do? Midnight only suits you. Not a problem. Okay. <laughs> I'll be there. Okay, I have to ask you before we go. My two favorite questions are, what gives you life and what feeds your soul? What gives you life, first of all? What gives me life is seeing joy from other people and seeing yeah. happiness. Um, also what gives me life is uh, communication, contact. I, I'm a hugger. Seeing people happy gives me life. That's really, I, I, that's gotta be the answer. And what feeds your soul? <laughs> what feeds my soul? Um, I think, gosh, that's a hard one, Emma, because it is hard. it's hard now because there's so many different things that we thought fed our soul that really aren't important. Yep. anymore and we're having to find new things and at the moment what it is is just having conversations like this um yeah. it's it's actually seeing things like my mom and dad getting vaccinated it's it's seeing people uh uh you know um i don't know people celebrating the little things celebrating somebody getting out of hospital we used to take that now i i know we used to take it for granted and i have to say the videos when i see your parents they they always feed my soul. Your parents. Your parents are unique people. Well, then there you go. I'd have to say my parents feed my yeah. soul. My parents feed my soul because the other day my mother said to me after she got her vaccine, and my dad said, "John, it didn't hurt. I don't know what all these people are complaining about, and we feel fine." And my mother said, "John, it gives me hope for the future." Oh. Yep. Well, you fed my soul today. You've given me life and you've fed my soul. And um, well, for that, I'm hugely grateful. You've given me something to do today too. <laughs> right now, after we're done, you, you know what I'm doing? I'm <laughs> hanging up lights in the bedroom closet. I'm kind of envious of that too. <laughs> I'm going to get my drill out. And I'm <gasps> Don't talk to me like that. I'm going to drill a hole 
and I'm going to plug it, I'm going to plug through it, and I'm going to hang up a light, and I'm going to illuminate my closet with all of my fabulousness. You see, we used to talk dirty. Now, illuminating a closet is exciting. John, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Emma. Lots of love, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review. And you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.